we're reading from Hebrews, it's not exactly the book you would think we'd read from for a message on Christmas. We turn to another gospel reading or something like that, but we don't. We, we're, tonight we're reading the first part of Hebrews. I want you to hear how this very personal and powerful book begins. Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors in many and various ways by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by a son whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he also created the worlds. He is the reflection of God's glory and the exact imprint of God's very being. And he sustains all things by his powerful word. Therefore, we must pay greater attention to that which we have heard so that we do not drift away from it. We don't know a lot about the book of Hebrews. We don't know exactly when it was written. We don't know exactly who wrote it. What we do know is that it was a sermon, not a book. It was a, a sermon written and preached to a congregation in the early years of the Christian church. How early? We've got a window, but not quite sure. 60 to 100 A.D. maybe. We also know that the congregation was tired. They were worn out. Professor Tom Long describes the Hebrew church as a people who were tired of serving the world, tired of worship, tired of Christian education, tired of trying to keep their prayer life going, tired even of Jesus. But what's interesting, Long continues, is what the preacher does to get their attention. He doesn't break out the latest worship gimmick or, or try some new fad or employ the latest in conflict management techniques. No, instead he simply looks out at the people that he knows so well and refreshes their minds with the promise and the reality of Christmas. In much the same way that Abraham Lincoln began his Gettysburg Address four score and seven years ago, the preacher steps up into the pulpit and says to his church, long ago God spoke. But in these last days, he's spoken to us through a son. That was his word to them. As he asked them to lean in close. And listen to the sound of his voice and the confidence in his speech. When I look out at the world today, 
I see a lot of people who are not unlike the first hearers of the preacher of Hebrews. People are tired. Tired of the endless conflict. Tired of what they see on the news. Tired of the tribal, you're either in my group or I don't want anything to do with you mentality. Tired of the factions and the misperceptions. Tired of feeling like they only hear God in spurts, if ever at all. Some of you here tonight might even be tired of the faith, tired of the church, here only because someone made you come, tired, weary. And you know what? When we're like that, we tend to to want something big to happen. We want want God to do a great big thing, thinking that big things are the only worthwhile things. But I've read the Bible enough to know that that is not how God seems to work most of the time. Instead of Massive, wide, sweeping things. Most of the time, God does things that seem small at first, like showing up in a field to a bunch of mangy shepherds, or in the light of a star. To a group of wayward, stargazing magi, or in the first sounds of a baby crying behind a Motel 6 in Bethlehem. That's how God works in the small, seemingly insignificant things that most of the world takes no notice of. You want to know how I know? Not just in scripture. I I see it all the time. I'm trying in my own life to train my eyes to look for God in the small things. The little things. The things that everyone passes by in our rush to get to the next thing. It is a lifelong pursuit to me. I see it tonight. If you want to see it too, all you have to do is look around. Just look around. The fact that you are here, the fact that you are here at all, whether you couldn't wait to get here and was the first one through those doors or 
If you came kicking and screaming because someone else made you come because they weren't going to do something for you tomorrow at Christmas unless you did come, you're here. And that to me is a sign. 700 people or so in a sanctuary in the scope of the world is a small thing, but it is not. To us, it becomes a big thing if we carry something out these doors after this moment together. Your being here is enough to convince me that the advent of Jesus Christ is not some historical event that we simply reminisce about in fondness as we gather on Christmas Eve, but is instead an ongoing act of God that we continue to experience again and again and again and again. It's enough to convince me that God will keep showing up. Do you hear me? In the poverty-stricken villages of Malawi, God will keep showing up. In the war-torn horrors of Syria, God will keep showing up. In the hands that reach out to embrace a battered child or to lift someone else out of the wreckage of their own life, God will keep showing up. God will keep showing up in the likes of the people who would have him come, people like you and me, wayward and Weary souls that we are who gather on a night just like tonight to be reminded that God has not given up on the world. That there is something special and holy happening right at this very moment in the small but powerful stirrings of our heart. Hear me when I say to you, Listen to the sound of my voice, for it is all I can offer. The great promise of Christmas is that God will not relent from invading this world with the love of Jesus Christ. Not today, not tomorrow, not ever. That's the promise. And it's for real. Amen.